0: TheWellnessCouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, the team of science writers behind Retraction Watch has put together a database of unreliable scientific research in Australia and 247 research papers published by Australian scientists, including some of Australia's most reputable universities, have been shown to be compromised. The public should be concerned. Almost 250. That's a number that many people would find unconscionably high, said Professor Simon Gandivia, Deputy Director of Neuroscience Research Australia. The public should be aware the bulk of medical research in Australia is paid for by the taxpayer. You are paying for this. Professor David Volks, Deputy Director of the Melbourne-based Walter and Eliza Hall Institute says he's seen dozens of cases of possible scientific misconduct. Researchers are under tremendous pressure, and falsifying data is the easy way out, he said. In Australia, universities and institutes self-regulate, so they're able to cover it up, and they rarely resist this temptation. The problem is Australia's model of self-regulation, which is a problem because of conflicts of interest. Australian researchers are no better or worse than those from other countries, But unlike other countries, Australia doesn't have a national office to handle these concerns. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that the research on bias in research is clear. Personal biases and funding definitely have an effect. So we need to be really careful when we're looking at research that we make sure that we are, as these people are, calling out the research that isn't being done properly, that isn't being properly analysed and properly presented to the public. We also need to be careful if we're then only looking at the evidence. You know, there is this move towards evidence based practice, which is a fantastic thing, but really good evidence based practice needs to include practitioner experience and also personal preferences need to be taken into account. We can't lose touch with common sense. You know, if all we're going to do is look at the research, taking out the common sense and the education and the wisdom of these practitioners. And if that research then happens to be biased or improperly conducted, then we're going to start heading in directions that we really shouldn't be heading in when it comes to our health and when it comes to our research. So we need to be mindful that, yes, research is important. Good research is even more important. But it's only one part of the whole picture when we're looking at evidence-based research. We also need to be mindful that if we're going to more strictly police the publishing of papers, we need to be very careful who does the policing and what the criteria are the question it raises is, are we better off having the research scrutinised out in the open rather than behind closed doors? If we've learned one thing from the increased regulation of our health professionals, it is that regulators are not beyond their own biases as well. You know, we've seen the way that the research has been interpreted when it comes to things like chiropractic, when it comes to things like naturopathy, when it comes to things like homeopathy. Um, There's been definite biases in the way that that's been processed. There's also biases in the way that the regulatory guidelines are being interpreted. So whilst increasing the scrutiny and the regulation on research is a great thing, we need to make sure that we're doing it in the right way. We need to make sure that it's publicly available and publicly accessible so that we can see who is doing the regulating, what they're regulating and how they're regulating so we can make sure that it's done in an even and fair-handed manner. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wellness. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbrethill.com. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events, they're always such a great positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to meet a few people actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming, it's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener, we're actually signed up to go to the Breakthrough now. It's very motivating, I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. There's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. and This always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important and holistic health. Just do it, yeah. Just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's, uh, it could be life changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome and it's the start of changing your life along see what it's about and enjoy it it's an amazing event with like-minded positive people and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great positive mentor presents the 2019 wellness summit august 17 and 18 in melbourne can you afford to miss out tickets at thewellnesssummit.com